Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode. Our first of the week of the Arsenal Agenda series. Uh, it's a nice weekend, of course, seeing... Teams around us drop points. Manchester United drawing against Watford. Uh, I never really thought that was going to happen, but I was very, very welcoming of it, considering the upcoming fixture that they've got. That was definitely a must-win game that they failed to pick up points in. Leeds, though, unfortunately couldn't do a job uh, against Spurs, although that's hardly surprising in the fallout from that we're going to discuss in today's show. But to discuss all that and more, I'm very happy to be joined by Bailey, fresh off the back of uh, an interesting result last night that we won't name too much about because we don't want to ruin the uh, Six-A-Side video, but it was, a, it was a fun time, shall we say. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Let's just say that. Good link-up play, and uh, you guys will be... There'll be some good content for you guys and no more dissing us in the comment section of our performances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the comment section. I'm looking forward to it. Um, good morning to Chris. You all right, mate? You doing good? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, TC. Good morning to you. Good morning to Bailey. Good morning to everyone tuning in this morning. hope everyone's keeping well. Absolutely. Hope you're doing good in the chat box. If you are enjoying the content, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal Way if you haven't done so already. I did set us the target of hitting 10,000 subs before the end of the season. We are flying towards that. Thank you so much uh, for the continued support. Do try to help us as much as you can. Uh, we're less now than 800 uh, away from that target, which would be great to see if we can get there. Let's kick off with the big story of the weekend, which, of course, was the sacking of, well, I say sacking, the mutual termination of his deal, which is, you know, sacking without finances, basically, um, of Marcelo Bielsa from Leeds. Uh, Bailey, did you were you surprised by this? And do you think they've made the right choice? Yeah, I wasn't surprised by this, and I'm definitely... Definitely sure they made the right choice. I think any time Leeds would play, I'd be like, oh, I guess a big team, like, here we go. It's going to be a 4-0 minimum thumping here. And the last two weeks, they really haven't done Arsenal any favour. So I'm just happy to see it happen because Leeds were, it was starting to annoy me. I'm like, come on, Leeds, please do us a favour. Mm -hmm. I said they were just getting beaten and beaten. And, and yeah, I think it was the right time to part ways for Bielsa and Leeds. I think Bielsa never stays at a club for too long. And of course, three years at Leeds, that's quite, three seasons, that's quite a long time. So I think Leeds needed a change. And yeah, I think it for benefit or it won't benefit us because we have to play Leeds now. I was mm. kind of looking forward to playing against Leeds actually with Bielsa doing the job because I know it's a guaranteed three points and a few goals now. We shall see. If, of course, they get Jesse March, maybe they'll be more defensively uh, solid. So we shall see. Absolutely, Chris Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, as Bailey picked up on the point, we got to play Leeds again in the. I think it's the antepenultimate game of the season. Um, with with two other games to play before the end of the campaign. That's. It, it kind of balances things out, doesn't it? Because as we expect Jesse Marsh to come in, uh, he'll have enough time by then to have get settled uh, with three games remaining. However, they could be very much down and scrapping by that point. But we'll also have plenty of time to kind of assess uh, Jesse Marsh's lead. So we'll have time to understand how to, to beat them. So what do you first of all make of Bielsa sacking and, and the possibility of Jesse Marsh taking over? Well, I think in terms of the sacking, it's a shame because, um, you know, Bielsa had done a fantastic job um, at Leeds up until sort of this point, really. I remember there's a time when the Arsenal fans were thinking that he'd be quite a good uh, 
manager to take over at Arsenal. Um, but again, that's that's been shot down quite quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, he um, he got them playing some good football. Um, obviously, we know he's a, a manager that looks a, puts a lot of um, heart and effort and, and thought into the game. And you could see that when he first took over and obviously a great achievement, getting them back in the Premier League. And obviously, they've, they've, they've enjoyed their football up until the, this season. Um, but just with the way the results were going and, and how dire the performances were, mm. you sort of were looking at it and you thought it was only a matter of time really before the, the club had to make that that tough decision. Um and then, you know, moving forwards now in terms of Jesse Marsh potentially coming in, um, it's expected that he's going to be appointed in the next sort of 24 hours. Um, but he, he's coming with, again, um, great football experience, great football and knowledge. Um, he's obviously had uh, previous stints at Salzburg and RB Leipzig as well. He knows, um, you know, how to win, what it takes. Obviously, he's been in the Champions League before, so... Look, he's got good pedigree. Um, he's obviously a talented coach. He's been linked with a lot of uh, top um, jobs in, in Europe. So, you know, obviously it's intriguing to see how, how he does here. But, um, you know, as we all know, coming into the Premier League, it's um, it's a different kettle of fish. And you know, obviously Leeds are struggling massively at the minute. The confidence is at an all-time low. Um, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, that they really are in that relegation scrap now as well, aren't they? So he's got a big job on his hands. Um, but, I mean, in terms of, of looking at it from an Arsenal fan perspective, you can look at it in two ways, um, as you've both just touched on there. You know, obviously, um, you can maybe see that there'll be a, a new managerial bounce. He'll come through the door and then Leeds will all of a sudden look like a different team. Um, you have seen it happen before. Um, but then, as you also mentioned, just then, TC, Mikel Arteta and Arsenal will have time to evaluate how Leeds have changed and how they've developed um, since Bielsa's sacking up until, obviously, yeah. we're, we're due to play them later on in the season. So, um, yeah, it can go either way. Um, but uh, I, I, even, you know, even if Leeds do sort of improve uh, over the next few weeks, then you still expect Arsenal to have more than enough quality in their team to get the job done when we do eventually face them. Absolutely. Um, I mean, from my perspective, I, on my social timelines, I saw a lot of kind of uh, people disappointed in the sense they felt like it wasn't he wasn't deserving of, of being sacked. And whilst I understand that he's done a good job and it's a shame to see a manager go, the Premier League status cannot be underrated as, as how important that is to a team. And if you're at the point where after we beat them 4-1, they've then conceded 24 goals in eight games following that, you're averaging three goals conceded a game. You, you need to arrest that slide. And if the manager's unable to do it, then the club do need to take action. And I think that that's exactly what they have and they've needed to do to try and save their Premier League status. Which, And, and if they're able to save their season with Jesse Marsh in charge, they've got a very good coach to take them forward into the following season. They hopefully wouldn't have that same kind of level of volatility about them. But it's a shame to see him go. I'm sure he'll go to somewhere else and, and strike up a great team as well and start playing some great football again. So he won't be without Bielsa for too long, I'm sure. But uh, it was a decision that was needed to be made. But yeah, as Bailey pointed out, it's just frustrating that we haven't played them twice already and we're going to have to go and play Leeds now without Bielsa in charge uh, before the third to last game of the season. Uh, hopefully we've maybe already pulled away from our top four rivals 
by that point. Um, speaking of which, obviously, just to touch upon the facts, just an opportunity for a little bit of a giggle. Um, anyone caught Kepa's penalty? Yeah. Um, just Yeah, I did. You, oh, you caught it? Yeah, it went into my, in my back. Oh, I had to go run to get it. <laughs> Unbelievable oh, wow. stuff. Well, did you enjoy the final? I enjoyed seeing the, the penalty shootout. I don't know about you. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was actually amazing. <laughs> Chris, did you enjoy watching it? Loved it. I mean, look, from a, you know, obviously from an Arsenal fan point of view, um, you know, it's always uh, nice to see um, Chelsea fail. Um, and I mean, what what a penalty shootout it was, first of all. Obviously, the <laughs> the uh, the execution of of, uh, of the penalties by the last one was uh, were excellent. Um, I mean, I don't think the keepers done themselves any favours. Obviously, uh, yeah. I think quite a few of a few of the penalties were quite easy um, and and could have been saved um, if a bit more thought um, would have gone into it. But yeah, no, um, it was a. It was a great nil-nil, wasn't it? It was uh, an entertaining game, um, end-to-end. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen so many goals ruled out for offside as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was ironic, wasn't it? The fact that uh, Tuchel decided to take off Mendy, who I thought had a great game, actually, um, uh, for, for uh, Kepa, who, again, obviously, we we know that he's a good penalty stopper he's proven that before so I can I can understand that that side of it I can understand the, the thinking behind it um but uh yeah it was just uh, it was funny the fact that he came on and um actually lost Chelsea the, the the final so um entertaining um quite sweet to watch um as, as I'm sure it was for for um for us Arsenal fans and um yeah um i mean i i, I uh when i was looking at the, the liverpool celebrations that's sort of when i was reminded actually we were only sort of one game away from this final mm. um so yeah. that did hit it, it reminded us a little bit of, of what could have been but uh look it is what it is um liverpool are a very very good team um and uh yeah uh, they they shoe the composure didn't they in the end to, to get the job done um but yeah I, I, it was it was entertaining to say the least Absolutely. It's, I think I'm right in saying that Kepa had that whole controversy in the League Cup panel with Sarri, right, when he mm. refused to come off. So it was almost like it was set up for his redemption story, only for that to then just <laughs> for that to happen. I believe. Almost feel sorry for him, and then I don't. Um, anyway, speaking of not feeling sorry for players, um, Pierre Aubameyang uh, is at Barcelona currently and scoring again. In fact, I think he's now scored more goals for Barcelona than he has done. Uh, Premier League goals for Arsenal this season uh, and obviously the goal yesterday sparked quite a reaction again because he's scoring at quite a rate of notch uh, notch knots that's what I mean not notch <laughs> knots uh, and I think that look we understand that Arsenal are in need of a striker Bailey like Lacazette there's a lot of questions about him um, he's still yet to score uh, I think this year uh, obviously he has a big hand in our winner against Wolves but it was went down as an own goal for Jose Sarr do you think they how do you feel about the reaction that you're seeing from a lot of Arsenal fans saying that it's still very much a uh, an Arteta mistake to let him go? Absolutely, absolutely not. I think we need to debunk this this connection between Aubameyang scores and Arsenal lose out. That is absolutely not the case. Since Aubameyang's left, we've improved and for for both sides, for both parties, the move has benefited both of us. I think it mm. needed to happen. It was a good decision by Arteta because, as he said, he's following his ideologies, his what he said in the past about culture, and that's a good thing. I think he's following what he says, and that's that's very important. Aubameyang, of course, and the coaches fell out, as Gabriel Magalhaes said. So a move had to be done. Um, 
this season, Aubameyang wasn't performing great for Arsenal. Either. Actually, in the last eight, 18 months, he wasn't performing great for Arsenal either. So he wasn't scoring too many goals. So his his exit, honestly, really hasn't affected us too much. And we're booming right now. We're in the top four. Well, about to be. We have the advantage to be in the top four too. <laughs> yeah. So why why are we complaining? Why are we bringing negativity surrounding the club when it, there's no need? There's absolutely no need. Aubameyang, yes, I like Aubameyang. I love Aubameyang he, before we're done for Arsenal. But we don't need to... Constantly, every time he scores, bring it back to Arsenal. Oh, have we lost Bailey? Is he gone? He's got so high right. He's lost him. Aubameyang's watching. He's there. No, he's back. You were like this. Was like, I'm going to back out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, mate. Keep going. Yeah, but no, yeah, I think the connection really does need to end. Stop this negativity because we're both doing well. Aubameyang, I'm happy for him that he's doing well. And for Arsenal, we're booming as well. So let's just both be happy, both be fun and don't, Bring in Arteta's negativity or Arteta's decision making because it's working for both sides. Chris, do you agree with Bailey there about this the, the rhetoric around Aubameyang that it was the right decision still to let him go and you know it's benefiting both sides? Look, the reason why we let Aubameyang go it wasn't for his performances on the pitch, it wasn't for his lack of goals, it was for off-field matters which we are we all know about now. He had several warnings um, after a few disciplinary issues and he eventually crossed the line. And we all know under someone like Mikel Arteta, he will only take so much. And it got to the point where Mikel Arteta had simply had enough. And we can all see what he's trying to build at this football club. The character, the mentality, the the, the, the grit, the passion. I, I haven't seen this from a, a group of Arsenal players for, for many, many years now. And we're all talking about how fantastic it is to have these characters in this team, how refreshing it is. So what was Arteta meant to do? Was he meant to just say, look, all right, I know Aubameyang scores goals at the end of the day, but I, you know, it's a risk him being here. He might um, sort of mess up the, the mentality, he might get on the wrong side of, of a few players. He might set a bad example for the rest of the young, uh, the, the young players in the team. It might disrupt what I am trying to create and the atmosphere he's trying to build. Uh, look, Bailey said it then, that the performances from Aubameyang, just not, not just this season, but also last season as well, for the most part, they weren't at the level that we would usually associate with him. Um, the numbers were dipping rather than rising. That was a concern. There was lots of moments last season where Aubameyang had some fantastic opportunities, but he wasn't able to put them away. Um, it is what it is. We, I just want to move on from this now. We just everyone just needs to deal with it and, and move on. It is what it, we, we're not gonna. We can't go back and change anything. What's happened has happened. He's gone over to Barcelona, who we know have got a lot of talent in their team as well. A lot of people that will create opportunities and put him through on goal. The league is totally different to the Premier League as well. So it's probably going to be even easier to score goals. Um, look, I'm happy for him. I haven't got a grudge against Aubameyang. I'm a bit disappointed with the way he acted and, and the, the, with the way things ended. Of course I am, because for the most part, over the last four years, he was at the club. He was fantastic. And he was one of our most important players. So, of course, I'm, I'm disappointed with the way it, it ended and and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just happy he's, he's playing football and he's, he's, he's scoring goals again. Um, but I'm not going to mm. sit here and... and, and absolutely slate Arteta for in the club they made the right choice they've done it for for many different reasons and in my opinion for the right reasons we don't want a player here do we who is potentially going to disrupt the the dressing room um, and disrupt the overall um, emotions and the overall uh, 
um, atmosphere at the club. Um, we, 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 like I said, it's as clear as day as what Arteta is trying to build and the atmosphere he's trying to build inside the walls of, of London Colney. And uh, as we've seen before, whether it's Gwen Doozy, Mesut Ozil, um, he doesn't want characters uh, at the club that are going to potentially disrupt that. And unfortunately, Aubameyang just stepped over the line once too many. And that's that's why it's ended up how it has um, we, we, like Bailey also said, we've won um, since he left as well. We've been on a good run of form. We've been scoring goals. Um, let's just back and support the players that we have here at the moment. Wish Aubameyang all the best. Get behind Arteta and see how the rest of the season. Get behind the team. They need us more than ever now as we look to push for the top four. What's happened has happened. We can't change anything. Let's support what we have here. Um, we'll sign a new striker in the summer and we'll forget Aubameyang, you know, the whole situation with him ever happened. So mm. let's just move on. Uh, Melanie agreed with there, saying well said. Chris, uh, Eric Hart says, I love Albert. Good luck to him. He is doing well as well as Arsenal. Graham says, well said. Bailey Aubameyang is still a top, a top striker. He will score plenty more for Barcelona this season since he has been... Uh, at Barcelona and out of our team, Arsenal have failed to score in one league game, which was Burnley at home. I mean, it's, I think that we definitely are lacking that cutting edge and we're creating a lot of chances that, you know, a better striker would put away. But we created a lot of chances when Aubameyang was here for Aubameyang that he missed. I mean, famously taking that goal away from Martin Odegaard against Watford that was bound to go in the net, missing the penalty. Like, it was a it was a move that was needed um, for both parties. Arsenal needed to move on. We've wanted to instill this kind of non-negotiable. Uh, I don't want to use the words that I feel like it's it's like a, a training camp or like it's a really professional job. But there does need to be a level of professionalism around Arsenal. And you know, for too long, Arsenal's been in a situation where player power has continued to grow. And Mikel Arteta is diminishing that player power and putting the, the coaching staff as the main priority and the main leader of all the decision-making at the club. So it's important that we carried on in, the, in that vein and we have done that. And I think it's to the benefit of, of our club at the moment, as both of you boys have said. The final topic of the day, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, an interesting tweet that came up on our timeline from uh, one of our colleagues at the Manchester Evening News. Samuel Luckhurst, who is the chief Manchester United writer for the Manchester Evening News, uh, tweeted saying, whoever ends the season in fourth will have done so by default. Those who miss out might be closer to the bottom than the top. Would be fairer for the top three to qualify for the Champions League. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, boys, because obviously it's, it's caused quite a bit of debate. In fact, the tweet itself has 883 uh, retweets. 640 of those are quoted tweets, uh, most of them by Arsenal fans, of course, reacting to this. Um, and from a Manchester United perspective, they are struggling at the moment. Things aren't going so well. Whereas you look at Arsenal and things are definitely turning around for us. And, you know, we're, we're putting the pressure on. And if we were to wing our games in hand, I think we would go something like just two points behind Chelsea in third place. So starting with you, Bailey, what, what do you make of this kind of perspective of the top four race, obviously coming from a Manchester United viewpoint, but that the top three are so far and away above that of the rest of the chasing pack that only those top three would deservedly qualify for the elite European competition? Look, Tom, you hit, you hit the nail on the head there when you said Arsenal going two points behind Chelsea. I think for me, that's, that's, that's a, that, that signal point, that signals that we are overachieving rather than underachieving. I think if you had to put us on one end of the spectrum, we'd definitely be on the overachieving side. I think 
at the start of the season. No one predicted Arsenal to be top four. People are even questioning if Arsenal can make the top six. So the fact that we are have the top four advantage, that shows we, we have been performing and we did, we deserve enough to be there. If we are also competing with Chelsea, who were meant to be in the level of, of Liverpool and Manchester City, then then we are all there, basically. We're all there. I think Arsenal deserve credit. They deserve Arteta deserves credit. We've overachieved. And yeah, Manchester United and Tottenham, they've underachieved. So if the if if it was if the topic was about Manchester United and Tottenham underachieving and they, they are failing, then I'd agree. But Arsenal have been really performing. Arsenal have been performing defensively and going forward. Defensively, we've got the third most clean sheets, I believe, in the league. That still stands. So um it just shows that we are. We are, we are performing. We are, we are deserving to be there. It's not, uh, it's not by any luck. It's not by, it's not by us underachieving. So mm. we are achieving us anything. Yeah, and our, our colleague Guy just raising to us in the background that Chris, for context, since the start of September, after the opening three games, uh, we have forty-five points from twenty-one matches, and only Manchester City and Liverpool have more, and we have two more points than Chelsea, despite them playing an extra game in that time. Do you think I, I like the point that, that Bailey raised there about kind of the perspective of what the teams have done this season? Man United at the start of the year were expected to be title challengers. I don't think many people would have a qualm about that. Ronaldo coming in, Sancho Varane, building on the fact that I finished that they finished in the top four last season and they were expected to push onwards. They have underachieved. Tottenham Hotspur, you know, brought in Nuno Espirito Santo. They brought in players during the summer window. Didn't go so well, but they've then brought in Antonio Conte, one of the greatest managers of the current generation of coaches that's out there, and they're still underachieving. Arsenal, however, after a really poor last season, have turned things around. They've added six top-quality players in the summer that have all had an impact on where Arsenal are this season. Even Lukonga and Tavares have had their time in the team where they've contributed to wins against the, <clears throat> the likes of Aston Villa, Watford, where they both played. So it's important to, to apply that context and see that Arsenal are improving and getting closer to that top four, plus the context that Guy applied with that stat about where we are in comparison to Manchester City and Liverpool. So what's kind of your takeaway from, from that Manchester United perspective of looking at the top four right now? Look, for the last few years now, we have urged Arsenal to return, if you like, to get back to their best, you know, to fight for those top spots in the Premier League. And we're finally doing it this season. With the youngest team in the Premier League, despite three consecutive losses at the start of the season. Mikel Arteta and his Arsenal team have, have turned things around massively. You know, when you look back to the, the defeat um, after Brentford, after Chelsea, after Manchester City, at the beginning of the campaign, like it, it appeared that Mikel Arteta was only a couple of games away from potentially being sacked. Now he's, you know, he's winning Manager of the Month awards. He's leading Arsenal potentially to a top four spot. You know, we're on a great run. And um, look, Arsenal have had so much demand on their shoulders over the last few seasons and people have been urging them, whether it's from the media, whether it's from a fan's perspective, everyone's been saying, look, cool, Arsenal need to get back to the Champions League soon. They need to get back to where they truly belong. They keep falling behind and the longer they're out of the, that sort of picture, they're just going to fall behind even further you know, we're, we're looking to do that now. We're giving it a really, really good shot. And Arsenal for that, it, certainly in my my opinion, deserve massive credit for it. Like I said, we've got a young team who still have a lot of learning to, to, to do and still have a lot of development to go through. 
And, you know, we're taking on the likes of Manchester United, Tottenham, West Ham, Wolves. You know, whoever finishes in, in that fourth spot, Tom, they finish there because they deserve to be there. It, it, that's it's how it works, you know. Mm. It's a results think, business. We all know that. I think the point, that. though, Chris, was that I agree with what you're saying there. But I think the point that Samuel was raising is that the gap between, say, Chelsea, Liverpool, City is so much bigger than... The, those chasing that fourth place, that the fourth place isn't really deserving of the same reward of Champions League football. There's, 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 there's still a, a gap in in the class and in the standards between you know your Manchester Cities, your Liverpools, your Chelseas compared to let's be honest, compared to Man United, compared to Arsenal and Tottenham at the moment. I, I get that there absolutely is. Um, you know, look at Chelsea, Champions League winners, FIFA Club Cup, uh, Club World Cup winners. Obviously, um, reached the Carabao Cup final yesterday. You know, they've they've got a lot of class. They've got a lot of talent in their team. They've got a top class manager in Tuchel as well. That for the last season, they they set the standards. You know, just to have as have Liverpool and Manchester City by winning the Premier Leagues, Champions Leagues. You know, getting that that golden uh, FIFA Club World Cup badge on on their shirts as well. You know, that's. That that's setting high standards. That's the, what should be the ambition of Arsenal Football mm. Club. They should want to be there one day, but that that shouldn't change the fact of you know who, whoever finishes fourth place, whether or not they get Champions League football or the same rewards. That's that's always been, you know, well, certainly in my lifetime, certainly in, in your lifetime as well. TC and Bailey, you know, you finish just in the Bailey, top though. four. Just a little bit. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you finish in the top four, you get Champions League football. Um, Arsenal done it for, for for many many years under Arsene Wenger. You know, consecutive top four four places every season. Um, and I suppose, look, that that sort of brings me on to my next point. You know, we were Arsenal were finishing top four every season, um, but we weren't able to take it to that next step where we were always finishing in fourth place, but we couldn't win the Premier League or we couldn't go far in the Champions League. Um, but Look, that's that's got to be Arsenal's next next objective for me. You know, Arsene Wenger set the, the, that's that first standard of trying to qualify for the Champions League as much as, as possible. Um, but now we need to get back an, into that routine, and in order to match the ambition and the quality and consistency of the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, we need to get back into the Champions League and give it a blue and good go. You know, add quality after quality into the first team install and obviously Arteta's done a good job of it already but continue installing a willing mentality where look look at Liverpool look at Man City look at Chelsea we want to match them and eventually we want to succeed them we want to overlap them you know that's got to mm -hmm. be the mentality at this football club if we want to move forward um, but if Arsenal finish in the top four this season um, it's because they absolutely deserve it um, and uh, look they've worked uh, uh, hard they've worked a lot to get to get to that point this season from my perspective the biggest kind of uh what undermines the point that samuel raises the most is the actual gap between city liverpool and chelsea right now it's not like those three are a really close group i think in my view man city and liverpool have been a much 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 better sides yeah. than chelsea have this season and when arsenal are to the point where they're very close i mean right now chelsea have only played one more game than us uh, and they sit five points ahead of us if we're to win our game in hand uh, which I think one of our games obviously is against Chelsea. And so we beat Chelsea in that game, which isn't a far-fetched idea. It's not wild. I'm not expecting us to, but it's not a far-fetched idea. Teams have been to Chelsea this season and picked up points. So there's nothing to say that Arsenal couldn't do that, especially with their record of beating them at Stamford Bridge last season, which we managed to do as well. So 
I, I look at this and I think, what is the what is the rhetoric? What is the parameters that justify as being a Champions League club? Do you have to be of the level of Liverpool and City now to qualify for the Champions League? If Chelsea are deemed worthy of that third place and they're therefore of the level that's quality enough to reach the Champions League and say they finish 10, 15 points behind the title winners and Arsenal finish less than five points behind Chelsea at the end of the season, which, you know, could happen. Why does that make it any different for Arsenal, therefore, to not be Champions League worthy? I just think there are too many flaws in that argument and too many, too much context surrounding the improvement of Arsenal, the, the lacklustre performances of Manchester United and the disappointment of Manchester United this season, considering what their expectations were, to say that it would be a default fourth place finish and not worthy of Champions League football, especially considering what Arsenal have done to try and get there this season with an inexperienced coach, with the youngest average squad in the league as well, bearing that in mind. There's a lot of things that Arsenal have had against them that they are really fighting to get to where we want them to be this season and to do it would be a great achievement. Um, we are going to wrap things up there. Sorry that we're not able to go through many of your questions today. It's been a bit of a longer show, um, as it usually is on a Monday because there's lots to talk about over the weekend. We will be aiming to get through more of your questions in tomorrow's show, however, which will be hosted, I believe, by Bailey and Chris because I'm not here tomorrow. Um, so they'll be taking you through plenty of that. Uh, Bailey, thank you so much, mate, as always. Thank you, as always, Chris, TC, and the guys in the comment section. Thank you. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, thanks, TC, as always. Thanks, Bailey, and thank you to everyone tuning in, getting involved this morning. Hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. Drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. You can find all of our written work over on football.london and subscribe to help us on our way to 10,000 subs. Thank you to Guy in the background for helping us with the buttons and the thumbnails and everything. But other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,